o'clock. Thanks for joining us, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. And there's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, something you want to get off your chest. Send that to us today on the team line, 970-242-1340. Let's see. Uh, got a text. We we're bringing up what uh, Palisade coach Corey Hitchcock put out on Facebook about playing a game during the day. One game a season during the day to try to get better student body participation. And uh, Texas says, I work for D51. We have a great following of sports from kids within our district. I'm still confused to why we'd want to try this, but I'm always open to new ideas and forward thinking. And we agree with you on that because, uh, like we talked about before the, the break, seems like student body sections at the local high school games are always pretty good. Yeah. It's always always pretty well attended by by the student body. Like I said, I think it's an idea worth exploring, and I'm not against it. There are just some questions with the idea that should have a definitive answer before you get too deep down the track here. You know, and, and without talking to Corey and just kind of reading between the lines here a little bit about what he put on Facebook, I think it's it's an attempt to get to get those kids that maybe have a difficult time getting to a game. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's part of the thing where they don't go because they can't drive or parents can't get them there because of work or whatever. And so they're already at school and maybe they schedule it where they can still catch the bus after it's over with. And so that way they're able to attend a game without because they've been limited in their ability to do that before. Maybe that's where I, I think that's probably part of where Corey's coming from with this. But yeah, I mean, is it worth trying? Sure, I think it's worth trying. But also, I don't think it's it addresses a a problem with lack of student body participation in local high school sports. I think the I think the student body support's been really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I think other than you're trying to maybe provide an opportunity for those that no, normally can't make it for a variety of reasons to be able to, to go to a game. All right, you've got some thoughts. Appreciate the person texting in today on the team line, 970-242-1340. All right, uh, CSU Rams are in action last night at Boise, taking on the Broncos. Time to talk some Rams basketball with the voice of the Colorado State Rams, Brian Roth. Talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, on the Jim Davis Show. And with us, Brian Roth. Good morning, Brian. Hopefully you got some sleep in. Got some sleep and woke up to a snowstorm in Boise this morning. Wow, wonderful! <laughs> so, so when do you when do you get out of Boise? When do you fly out? Uh, noon. Noon today. Fly out at noon. Today. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad you got some sleep. Glad you were able to come on with us for a few minutes this morning. Uh, Rams lose their second straight, and you look at a couple things. Uh, I mean, even though first off, tremendous defensive effort last night uh, by uh, by CSU, but also. You know, not exactly the best night shooting from three-point range. I think, what, like 4-16, 16 turnovers. Those are things that really came back to hurt Nico Medved's team last night. Oh, yeah. Now, Nico was not happy about the offensive output for the Rams. I mean, he came on the postgame show, and he, <laughs> he goes, that was the most embarrassing, and then just kind of stopped himself. He goes, gentlemen, i got to take a deep breath here. <laughs> I'm going to cool myself down. That's right. He's like, wait a minute. I just realize that I'm I'm live on the air right now. And he took a deep breath and then and then obviously articulated his feelings very well. 
at, at that point. But, no, I mean, he was obviously frustrated and, and not pleased with the offense. And, you know, Colorado State, the, the 58 points last night in Boise, lowest offensive output of the season. Rams were the number one scoring team in the Mountain West Conference, entering that game, averaging 88 points per contest. Previous low output was 61 in the loss to St. Mary's and what was a rock fight at Moby Arena back in early December. And it just, for whatever reason, Colorado State couldn't get it going last night. Boise State's a nice defensive team. Um, you know, and they're, they're a really good team overall. Sold out arena last night, 12,000 fans. So, you know, it, it was, it's, it's hard sometimes to execute in those type of environments. But, you know, it's a Colorado State team, that 17th ranked team in the nation. And you, um, you've been in the top 25 polls now for seven straight weeks and just didn't think the Rams came out with that with that confidence and the swagger that we've seen them play with here this year and certainly didn't look like a, a top 25 team last night offensively and just turned it over at an alarming rate. I mean, Colorado State came into the game number one in the Mountain West, number two in the entire nation, and it's this turnover rate at nearly two to one. Meaning again, every two assists, he only turned over one time, which is terrific, obviously. And last night, the Rams only had 10 assists to 16 turnovers and just couldn't get out of their own way. And went starting off 1 of 11 from 3 uh, in the contest that, that stretched in the second half. I mean, I can't tell you how many open looks they had at 3 in that second half where, you know, you just say, kick out, wide open 3, and miss. Not there. Not this time. Miss, 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 clang. Like, it, it was really inconceivable to watch the team shoot that poorly considering their body of work in the previous 15 games this year. And like I was saying, I mean, from a defensive standpoint for CSU, they, they gave up 65 points. It was pretty good defensive effort. Just like I said, the, the turnovers, the poor three-point shooting was really the problem because I think if you ask Nico, that defensively that was that was good effort last night by CSU. No, no question. I mean, you go on the road to a, a, a Boise team who – Again, back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances. They believe they should be in the NCAA tournament again this year. That was a massive game, by the way, for Boise last night. They needed a marquee win. And, again, sold out arena. National League team, that was their opportunity at their first marquee win of the season. Um, And so, you know, you're playing a Boise State team that's going to come out guns a-blazing in front of 12,000 fans all cheering for, for the Broncos. And you throw out a defensive effort that the Rams did last night where you hold Boise State to 39% shooting and 65 points. And Nico Medved said that in our posting show. He goes, guys, you would have told me that before the game, we're coming in here and we're holding them to 39% shooting and 65 points. I'm telling you, we're walking out of here with a win. And and you should win games like this, whether it be on the road or at home. But, I mean, if you hold a team on their home court to 39% shooting and just 65 total points, you have to win those games. But, it again, kind of magnifies just how poorly the Rams played uh, on offense. I mean, you certainly give, give Boise State some credit for sure in that. I mean, the opponent always deserves credit. I mean, you are held to a certain point amount, 58 in this case last night, partially because of what the defense does to you. But, boy, I just can't tell you how many layups that the Rams missed. That, that included Saturday night. Missed a ton of layups at Utah State, too. And then, obviously, the three-point shooting was abysmal. Rams couldn't hit free throws last night. and just been a tough little stretch. Voice of the Rams, Brian Roth with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Isaiah Stevens had 15 points. Nick Clifford, 12 to lead CSU. But, uh, boy, the last night, Patrick Cartier, just eight points, four or seven shooting. 
Joel Scott only had five points last night, two for five from the field, but uh, didn't get a, a lot of production from the bigs last night. No, they they didn't. And, I mean, you know, I don't want to blame it just on, on the bigs because it was really an equal opportunity of vendors last night. <laughs> Colorado State. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, and and for whatever reason, and again, CSU lost on Saturday to, to Utah State in a game that they led for almost 26 minutes of the 40. And and with about seven minutes to go, they went on a four-minute scoring drought where they can't buy a bucket, by not taking the best shots, maybe not running their offense as, as crisp as they need to. And that doomed them. A late stage on the road in Logan on Saturday night. Then you looked at the game last night. Um, you know, it's a four-point game. Back and forth in, in, you know, in, the, in the second half with 12 minutes to go. Rams were trailing 41-37. And CSU goes on a six-minute scoring drought. And... I mean, you just can't have those stretches. And we haven't seen the Rams go on too many elongated scoring drafts this year. It's just not what they do. For a team that averages 83 points per game, you don't see too many four- and six-minute scoring droughts. So you're going to have some that, that go 90 seconds, that go two minutes, maybe two and a half minutes. But to, to go on a six-minute scoring drought is, is hard to do. And you're going to get beat most times, but that's what happened to the Rams in a close game. Uh, Six-minute scoring drought. All of a sudden, a, a four-point game goes to 13. You look at the clock and say, wait a minute. There's only six minutes to go in this game, and all of a sudden, we're down by 13 points. What? What in the world happened there? But that's the game of basketball. And whether it was the bigs, the guards, you needed somebody at some point to make a shot, get you out of the funk. And unfortunately for the Rams, that just never happened last night in that six-minute scoring drought, and it cost them another road game. And for the Rams, prior to the, these two row games, obviously the the, the loss to Utah State, uh, you know, at Logan, and then uh, the loss of Boise State last night, that the Rams have been really good on the road. I mean, the the, the big signature wins that they had early on the season, uh, the win against uh, Washington on the road, uh, the win obviously to start at the season for CSU, um, you know, with the uh, with the the victory that they're able to uh, to come up with that uh, against Boston College. Uh, the Creighton victory as well on the road at Kansas City. That what's gone on the last two games? Because this has been an interesting situation, Brian, where they've dropped a couple of road games. Well, I think it's a combination of a of a couple of things. Number one, I just think that Colorado State isn't playing great right now. Now they played well enough to win on Saturday night. Again, they they led majority of the way, had a double digit lead, and just just had that lull in the second half. Uh, last night didn't play play well, uh, and and maybe. CSU was a little shocked that they weren't able to pull out the win in Utah State, and it carried over the hangover into last night here in Boise because last night was their worst worst game of the year. I mean, I don't think it was even close. I mean, even the St. Mary's game, they were better than they were last night. But you know, I think it's a combination of you just kind of hit hit peaks and valleys throughout the course of the season, and uh, certainly opponents and venues have something to do with it, but. Rams didn't play very well last night, didn't close out the game on Saturday. So there's a little of that where they're just not playing their best basketball. Um, but then the, the, the environment the last two games have been really unlike any of the other previous games away from Moby Arena. I mean, the environment in Logan, Utah on Saturday night at the Spectrum, and uh, any of your listeners out there that have been to the Spectrum in Logan, it is a 10,000-seat a bowl where everybody's right on top of you. And that student section at Utah State 
is as well organized of a student section as there is in the entire nation. I mean, they have chants, they have, I mean, they're, and they're right on top of you. And that was a, that was a hornet's nest. That was one of the best college basketball atmospheres I've, I've ever seen. I've done a, a bazillion games. Last night, not quite as hostile, but still sold out arena. 12,000 fans bearing down on you. And if you're not playing your best basketball and there's chinks in the armor, right? Well, uh, an opposing crowd in a, in a hostile environment is going to expose those just a, a little bit more. So, you know, credit the opponents, credit the venues that the Rams have played in. And there's plenty more hostile environments to come, come down the pike for CSU. Same can be said, though, for teams that come into Moby. Moby's going to be sold out pretty much the rest of the year. That's a hostile environment for other teams. But, you know, CSU just didn't play well. And obviously that's magnified when, when you go into places like uh, the Spectrum and Logan. 17th-ranked CSU falls to Boise State last night. Voice of the Rams' Brian Roth uh, had the call. He is still in Boise uh, joining us today on uh, the Team Sports Network. So uh, you fly back today, get a little uh, downtime. Uh, the Rams get that downtime as well because uh, coming up on, on Tuesday, it's Air Force at Moby. And Air Force right now 0-2 in conference play, coming off the loss to Nevada. But 7-7 seven and seven on the season for uh, for that uh, Air Force team that uh, – I know last year there was the, you know, the, the the surprising loss to Air Force, but uh, Ethan Taylor for them has uh, so far uh, played pretty well, 17 points per game. Uh, they've got a couple of uh, pretty good scores, and it's uh, it's an Air Force team. Like I said, it's about it's 500 on the season. Well, when you look at it on paper, that's a get-right game, right? So now I know Nico Medved and his staff is certainly not going to be saying that, but, uh, you know, that's going to be a get-right game for uh, Colorado State and and um, sorry, I got a maid at my door. Uh, house service here, trying to trying to clean my room. Make sure you got um, the little soaps. Make sure you got the little soaps. Like, look, I'm I'm getting out of here in about an hour. <laughs> Chill out. We're gonna we're take. Gonna, we're gonna we always like to take. The, we always like to take the little soaps home. So I just always try to get yeah, some right. extra ones. Oh yeah, and I just bring a shopping bag. I just start. Sometimes I take the lamps out of here, Jim. The telephone, just for whatever reason. Well, because whatever the, isn't nailed down. Because you have the ruffians, and the ruffians can be a little tough on on stuff at the Roth household. So we always like to have spares, right, to, in case they break something. They break lamps at home. I just next road trip. I just grab a lamp from the hotel. Hey, there you go. See, easy, easy oh, stuff. Um, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen, Air, Air Force. Uh, probably is the worst team in the Mountain West Conference this year. And, you know, we were talking about it last night with some of the coaching staff. And, like, you look at the path to win a Mountain West Conference championship. The top six teams are really good. Could the Mountain West get six teams in the NCAA tournament? I think it's in the realm of possibilities. I probably don't think it's going to happen. But Boise State is is really good, too. But you've got to go, and you, you have to sweep the Air Forces. Uh, the Fresno State, the Wyoming, the, the bottom teams in the league. You got to win at their place, you, and certainly got to win at home against those teams. And so, uh, yeah, it's kind of a get right game for the Rams on Tuesday night when you get Air Force coming in, and the you know, Rams are going to be a double digit favorite in that game. Then you get UNLV a week from Friday. So you're back at home. CSU's really good at home, as are most teams with, with the sport and crowd that, that the Rams have. have so. You know, a chance to kind of get right, get a couple wins at home, and and hopefully start to play some better basketball. Because I'll tell you what, there's a million more tests coming up later on this year in this Mountain West Conference. 
Brian Roth with us today. Uh, just a couple things, Brian, uh, from college basketball. Big upset last night in Nebraska, Nebraska taking down Purdue. So uh, yep. a little bit of an early season or uh, uh, second half of the you know, season shocker with uh, Purdue losing last night in, in Big Ten play. Well, they lost, and then uh, Houston was undefeated, and they lost at Iowa State last night. So number one and number two losing in the same night to unranked teams. And I, that, that's college basketball for you. I mean, I, look, I mean, when, when was the last undefeated team? What was that, like 78 uh, with Indiana? Yeah, 70, Bobby yeah, Bobby Knight, 76, 77. Um, Scott May in that group, yeah, that, that went undefeated. I mean, K- Kentucky had a chance a few years ago and what lost in the national title game, I think. Uh, I think with uh, Gonzaga had a chance, maybe. So the point is, it's 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 a grind. And Colorado State's not the 1976 Indiana Hoosiers, okay? Let's start there. <laughs> They're not the Kentucky Wildcats uh, from – I mean, and nobody is. And, and so, and in fact, I was talking to Nico Medved about that the hotel last night. He goes, dude, do you see the absolute bloodbath in the top 25 last night? And, of course, it starts with Purdue. And not only lose, lose by 16 at Nebraska. And then and then Houston losing for the first time. And, and <clears throat> it's hard to win. And it's hard to win on the road against really good teams. And you were – I mean, we knew you were going to take losses this year. CSU was, right? And I think it's about less. I was talking to Bob Beeler, their radio guy, last night before the game for Boise State, and we were talking, and and Bob thinks that thirteen and five is going to win the Mountain West Conference this year, uh, the eighteen game schedule, and I mean possibly. I mean, last year San Diego State won it at fifteen and three. I think the year before Boise won it at fourteen and four. Uh, maybe thirteen and five get you get you a conference championship this year. That's just how hard it's going to be, and. Everyone's going to take a loss here this year. Multiple losses in the Mountain West Conference. Like San Diego State needed to pull out one late on the road last night at San Jose State. San Diego State ranked 19th in the nation and and you know went to the Final Four last year and looks really really good again here this year. So it's hard and uh, there's there's so much parity across college basketball that that type of stuff's going to happen. All right, we'll get you out the door on this one. Broncos uh, season comes to an end. They, they, they lose to the Raiders on Sunday. Who quarterbacks the Broncos in 2024? <laughs> now, now it looks you know, like uh, your favorite guy, I, I Russ, is group, heading someplace else. I have a big group text with uh, with a bunch of my buddies. They're all Bronco fans. I explicitly put out a text after the game on Sunday. No more Bronco texts until April. So I was just so like, bad. I don't want to talk about them. Stop. Talk. We're not talking about the Broncos. Does that include a radio ban? Does that include a ban on our our conversation about them too? Is this across the board? I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about it. Just so disgusted watching that Raiders game on 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 Sunday here in Boise, being like, "You got to be kidding me!" I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a veteran quarterback um, that they're going to sign in free agency, or it's going to be Jared Stidham. What about Jameis? That excite you? Yeah. What about Jameis Winston? What about Winston? He can always uh, change. Well, yeah. He can uh, not uh, yeah, run, the, run the victory uh, formation. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Let's just run out of victory formation. Maybe <laughs> you can just line up, you know, first play of the game with Jameis and just go victory formation. It could be one of your formations that you that you line up in, just in regular parts of the games. Yeah, there you go. Just Somebody scoring when he snaps the ball. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whether it's their team or the other team. Yeah, ex- right. yeah, exactly. We just don't know which one. He does not discriminate. <laughs> yeah, but I tried to take, I was just like, the Broncos have disgusted me. And just like that game, I was just like, just thank goodness the season is over. And it's sad because I think, Jim, and I speak for most Bronco fans, that that's been the reaction for the last, uh, what, seven, eight seasons since the 2015 Super Bowl 50 championship team is the season's ended and it's like thank goodness this ride is over. <laughs> Unbuckle me and get me out of here. Yeah, I'll be ready right. to roll though in August. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. So we'll, what we'll do with this, <laughs> when you come on, it's a Broncos ban unless breaking news unless something really big right. happens. How about that? that. Okay. I appreciate that. My sanity needs, needs to recoup here a okay. little bit. See, I've laid off the Mountain West Conference, Conference realignment stuff, all that with you. We've stopped talking about that. We'll put that. We'll put that. You know, in a folder we'll as well. Stuff here sooner. Or later. Yeah. Yes. No, we got plenty to talk about. We got uh, we got plenty of Rams basketball to talk about the rest of the way. Hey, right. Brian, right. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a safe trip back home, and and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks so much. Take care, guys. All right. Likewise. Take care, Brian Roth, voice of the CSU Rams. No more Broncos talk, unless something big happens. Doesn't really feel like a three-game improvement from last year, does it? Okay, I got a text from Connor. Says he can do it right now. Oh, perfect. So we'll, we'll do. Give him a call. So we'll do is we'll take a break here, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll grab Connor McGahey. Coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line. 970-242-1340. Avalanche Hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahey, on the team. And with us right now on the team line, radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahey. Connor, good morning. How are you? If uh, if it sounds like you can't hear me very well, that's uh, about a 60-mile-an-hour wind of uh, just windy gust outside the truck. So if... Uh, please be patient, and I, and I thank you in advance. Well, no, I, I want to thank you because, first off, I, pro- I deserve a public flogging, probably put in stocks out in front of the courthouse, something like that. I right, am... Hillary. T- I'm exactly, exactly. I apologize. I normally text you on a Tuesday. Yesterday, just totally slipped my mind. I apologize to you, sir, for not the, the normal uh, lack of... Uh, uh, the lack of a normal reminder text on a Tuesday to have you on a Wednesday. My apologies, sir. Well- well, I mean, and I don't want to make you feel worse, but there I was at the stock show and just sitting there and staring at my phone waiting for a Jim Davis text, and it never came. And then I was at professional bull riding last night and staring at my phone waiting for a text from Jim Davis, and it never came. It never came. And, uh, and so it really ruined my day. Uh, but it's better now. Today's a new day, and, uh, and we're all okay. So don't worry about it. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, see, thanks for making me feel even worse than I felt before. Thank you. Cause you're, I could see you there. You're, yeah. Right. Yeah. You were, you were sitting there staring at your phone, Connor, while there was all yeah. that, all that great rodeo action going on. I find that really hard to believe. It's because it didn't happen. Um, no, the, uh, tough set of bulls last night. They were, they were young and it was, uh, I don't think I've ever seen, uh, it was probably, I don't know. 20 to 5 bulls to to uh, rider wins the first 25 rides last night it was it was crazy but a good time but no i was uh 
I was wondering why I didn't hear from you, but uh, you all you have your reasons. It is the Jim Davis show and not the uh, not the Conor McGahee show. Personally. No, no, it so, should it you might as well. We could just make it the Conor McGahee show. I I said I no 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 no. This See, morning nobody would listen to that. <laughs> oh no, yes they would. It? Trust me, the listenership would go through the roof. It would just be incredible. What? It'd be a My name got like nine syllables to it. You're Jim Davis. Nice, free, tidy, clean. It's it's beautiful. I I, I might as well be Serbian or something. No, I, no. It's it's memorable though. See, yours is very memorable. Mine is bland and boring. It might be simple <laughs> to say, but it's just it's generic. It's Bob Smith. It's Tom Jones. It's whatever. It's it's hey, nothing like McGee. It's America is what it is. That's right. I love that. Hashtag America, my friend. Hashtag America. I did not realize. You are a uh, a bull riding aficionado, like our friend uh, Mark I, I, Johnson. I am. I am not. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, but just, I don't like. I wouldn't. I don't drive around going, you know, to events all the time. But if it's if it's around, you know, um, I like to go and uh, and enjoy all the events. The, the best part of last night, actually, for um, for those who know, is the team penning, where you have. Uh, sets of three wranglers and they try and separate three cattle from a herd with the same number and they have to get it in a pen and uh, yeah that that's one of my favorite events of all time so they they had that as sort of uh, a break up in the action of, uh, of the rides but yeah no it's uh, not something I do all the time but uh, do definitely enjoy it no doubt about it. incredible sport uh, the sport of rodeo We're talking with Connor McGahee yeah. today radio voice of the avalanche uh, it's uh, been an interesting stretch. Uh, the absolutely bizarre game on on Saturday with the Panthers, and then the other night, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, uh, the Boston Bruins at, at uh, Ball Arena, and uh, Valar Nichushkin. Uh, the the choo choo train just keeps uh, chugging on the tracks. Uh, comes up with that big point, and then a big goal in the shootout. Avalanche get a win over Boston, four to three in the shootout, and just an incredible bounce back game after uh, what I said was just a just a very bizarre game. Uh, in Saturday's contest with the Florida Panthers, yeah, it uh, it definitely was bizarre, and uh, and the eight four score line doesn't necessarily represent how the game went because remember, obviously early on Colorado's down three to nothing, uh, but then Hale McCarr and Josh managed to score fifty two seconds apart to start the second period. And by the way, that had never happened before in NHL history for two defensemen of the same team. Uh, had scored in the first minute of a period, um, and uh, which is in, in that short of time, which I which I found uh, extraordinary. And then, speaking of Valeri Nichushkin, he gets a tip in on the power play to tie it at three. Um, but then the the fourth goal for Florida from Oliver Ekman Larson, one that Prosvetov wanted, uh, did not have, and even though the Avalanche were able to come back and tie it again at four, thanks to Jonathan Druan, who's red hot right now. Um, the third period, they, they didn't get uh, the breaks that they needed, and they couldn't mount their uh, third consecutive 5-4 overtime <laughs> win in a row. So um, Saturday was, you know, and Florida's a good team. They went into St. Louis and spanked the Blues last night. Um, but it's an impressive win over Boston, considering... Uh, who you didn't have in the lineup. Uh, I mean, you used your workhorses. Uh, I mean, Nathan McKinnon played over 30 minutes. Nico Rantanen was right at 29, I think. Um, Kale McCarr pretty much didn't leave the ice. Him and Devon Taves and, and Andrew Cogliano were miraculous in killing off that, uh, that power play in overtime to get it to the shootout. Um, 
but uh, there's no Miles Wood, no Bo Byram, no Josh Manson, obviously no uh, Arturi Lekkinen. So you're doing it with a skeleton crew, uh, but they were marvelous. And Brad Marchand uh, is one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League, and, and he propelled the Bruins there. But the Avalanche only allowed 22 shots in regulation. So defensively, they were a lot better. And, and Valerian Nachushkin, and I love his celebration, the, the, the tip and the, the sky point and, uh, and the, the nodding of the head. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to like that one a lot from Valerian Nachushkin. But that, that was a big two points uh, for Colorado on Monday. And even got a little help from uh, from the Eagles with the call of Sam Malinsky. Uh, Josh oh, yeah. Manson was unable to play. Malinsky comes in and, and gave them the 3-2 lead with 2.04 left in the second period, his second career NHL goal. So Sam Malinsky, uh, a call-up that paid uh, dividends for Jared Bednar. Malinsky is the real deal. Um, and I would think that he's not going anywhere. Uh, even if he is up and down between the Eagles and the Avalanche because he is waiver exempt, um, which is why Poland came up instead of Ben Myers, by the way, because Myers uh, the next time has to go through waivers. Uh, but for Malinsky, that's not the case. And so the Avalanche can pull him up and send him down as many times as they need. But as far as smarts, calmness, skill, creativity, um, Sam Malinsky, to me, already at this point is a second is a second-pairing defenseman. And I wonder if how much that plays into the, the plans of Chris McFarland and Joe Sackett as they approach the trade deadline and, and, uh, and see if, if he's someone they hold on to or, or what they do there. But Malinsky has been beyond impressive. Um, and I'll tell you what, he, we talked about how good he was before he got sent back down, but you could tell that he honed his craft in, in that uh, 12 or so games with the Eagles in between call-ups. And he came back last night, and he was, he was cool as a cucumber. I mean, he, just, he played every situation perfectly. Um, Raising that the Avs were able to hang on and get that win. Connor McGahee, radio voice of the Avalanche, with us today on the Team Sports Network. And, and tonight, Connor, uh, the last two teams to win uh, Stanley Cups, Vegas, Colorado tonight. Uh, squaring off as uh, the Avalanche, uh, we mentioned, uh, you know, we've talked about how, uh, you know, while they've had some ups and downs, some injuries this year, uh, Colorado's still uh, one of the, the top teams in all the National Hockey League. Vegas right now, uh, currently, you know, near the top of uh, the entire NHL and, and currently second place tonight right now in the Pacific uh, behind the, the red hot Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, but Vegas has been sputtering as of lately. I mean, uh, ever since that 7 nothing win, uh, I mean, they, they got out to an 11-0-1 start, I believe, uh, which is the best uh, start ever for a defending champion. Um, and then ever since that 7 nothing win over the Avalanche, which is game, that might have been game 12, um, it just, it is not, it has not come together. They've had some injury issues. Their blue line um, has been decimated by injuries. Aiden Hill uh, has been out since December 17th. Um, it's possible, actually, that he returns tonight. Um, so we'll, we'll see what that, uh, what the case is there. But um, really, for them, it's whether Eichel gets a point or not. Because when he doesn't, they pretty much lose. And when he does, they're uh, they have 24 wins. <laughs> so um, 
Uh, he has been a major difference maker after being traded from the Buffalo Sabres. And Mark Stone has been pretty consistent. Jonathan Marchessault, who was the Conn's winner last year, uh, in a little bit of a drought right now. Um, but, yeah, it's just been um, a little bit different uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights ever since they beat the Avalanche 7 nothing um, in October. Of course, that game tonight, Ball Arena, as the Avs take on uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, uh, so uh, an exciting matchup between those two tonight. And Connor, always appreciate the time. And I'm going to go over here on a chalkboard, and I will write a thousand times. I will never forget to text Connor again. No. And, and I'll take a don't screenshot and send it to you. I mean, I'll take a picture and send it to you if you need me to do that. Don't you dare do that. See, the, the beauty of it is we can still make it happen um, even when I'm uh, driving around town uh, before morning skate. So uh, don't you... Don't you worry one little bit. I'm just happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you as always, my friend. Thank you so much. And and uh, safe journeys to Morning Skate in the Conmobile this morning. Yep. I was just uh, avoiding uh, avoiding wind gusts. Nobody, I don't, yeah, nobody likes wind. Nobody. Nobody. It's the worst. Nobody. Nobody at all. And we, uh, over here today, uh, absolutely zero wind. That's one of the beautiful things about the yeah. Western Slope. As you yeah, should just, well know, Bina. Just rub it in. Yeah, yeah it's rub also it in 19 right degrees, though. Yeah, it is 19 degrees over. It is, yeah. It's, But I doubt it's probably not a whole lot warmer over there. Uh, we got 35. Okay. And, uh, 35 mile an hour wind. So there you go. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah. about Great 19 time. with the wind. So, so it all evens up, I guess. It, it all comes out yeah. in the wash. Hey, Connor, appreciate it. Have a great call tonight. You bet, fellas. See ya. Thanks for making it happen. Appreciate it. Connor McGahee with us today. Yeah, I felt so bad. <laughs> Just like, crap. Three <laughs> off. Threw everybody off. Being gone yesterday. Oh, we still we got him on? Yep. That's the important thing. And yeah, I'm not buying the he was looking at his cell phone. Yeah. Oh, why hasn't Jim texted? Why hasn't he texted to no. why he's normally text by now? He got through the end of the night and was like, Oh, I don't have to do that. Oh, tomorrow. I have to talk to those radio slappies yes. in junction. And then you text him this morning and no. Oh, he's like, oh. And then I kept trying to text while I was talking. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that never if seems text, to work for me. Hi, Connor. I totally forgot to text you yesterday. Are you okay for this morning? So sorry. If you're available, totally understand. No available, not. <laughs> Say not available. It's like, what did you, what? Oh. I can forgive him if he's so confused. Yes. <laughs> the wrote kid do right now. So there we go. And we did. All right, 937. Time to get into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. <laughs> All right, start things out with first down. Oh, my computer's trying to. There we go. Thank you, computer. You're welcome, Jim. Um, Michigan-Washington National Championship game. Average viewership, 25.05 million viewers. That is the best National Championship game audience in about four years. Yeah, they did pretty good. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right, second down. Mike Vrabel cut loose by the Titans yesterday mm-hmm. and immediately becomes one of the top coaching candidates around the league after team owner Amy Adams Strunk decided to cut ties with him. That uh, after they fired Vrabel, Strunk spoke about the decision to let Vrabel go. She was asked if she, if she gave any thought to trading Vrabel. She said the process would take too long. 
Yes, there was, but there was a bit of misconception about a coach's contract versus a player's contract. A coach's contract, you can't trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it. Isn't that the deal, though, in any negotiation? There has to be two willing parties, one that wants to deal and one one that wants the individual, those yeah. that are willing to part with the individual. But in I, most player contracts... It's more straightforward. They don't really... The other individual is the other team. Right. For coaching <laughs> contracts, they need now three people to agree. Exactly. But there is... Yeah. But once again, but there's a willing partner to that trade. Isn't that the way in every trade, though? There always has to be a willing partner. But yeah, it not, just changes based on the trade. Exactly. Honestly, to get the right coach, I was not willing to go, go to the back of the line and take a chance of missing out on someone we really wanted. So I get that. I mean, it's, it's, it is not an easy process. It takes time. You know, the Broncos went through that a little bit, and they got Sean Payton. All right, third and fourth down. Uh, all right. Uh, and Monday Night Football is uh, putting out their numbers. They had a good year. Monday Night Football averaged 17 million viewers in 2023. The Monday Night Package's best average viewership since the year 2000. That stretch covers both ESPN's era, which began in 2006, and the final five seasons on ABC alone. So my question is, should the NFL push to get Monday Night Football back on e- back on ABC all together? Because they had the crossovers this year, right? Correct, And part yes. of it was thanks to the writer's strength. And they needed time to fill that, needed airtime to fill. I think they should look into getting back on ABC more they, regularly. They should just keep it on ABC. They really should. If and you want to have it on ESPN, fine. Simulcast it. Do it on both. Best years on ESPN ever and their best since 2000 on ABC. I think they should. Uh, moving on to fourth down, Jim Rome is taking on a new venture. He'll still be doing his radio show when he's there from 10 to 1 right here on the Team Sports Network. But now he's going to be having video programming, live video programming. I assume it's a simulcast or maybe he's doing a new show. Who knows? On X, Jim Rome is taking really over X. He's going to have live programming on X. Phenomenal. Okay. Is that going to get you to the Bluebird any time faster? Or the X? The or Black what? X? Um, I mean, I, White X I, on a black I background. dabble in it. I don't, I don't totally shun the X. I dabble in the X. I, I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm very rarely on X anymore, and I'm even less on threads. Yeah. Good try, Zuckerberg, but not... Good try. Didn't get me. Good try there, sport. Good try. All right, 941. Time for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, we go back to 1982, an iconic NFL moment. Joe Montana connecting with Dwight Clark for the game-winning touchdown. Montana's third touchdown pass the game, the six-yarder to Dwight Clark, the incredible fingertip catch with 51 seconds left to lead the Niners past the Cowboys 28-27 in the NFC Championship game. 1998, Michelle Kwan, nearly perfect because she clinches her second world championship in figure skating. 
also uh, on this day as well. 2009 Arizona Cardinals finally reached the NFC Championship game after they beat the Carolina Panthers to uh, to get to the NFC Championship game. Arizona, the only NFC team, did not make it to a conference championship game since the merger in 1970. They uh, get to host the NFC title game with a 33-13 win at Carolina. Also on this day, 2011, top-ranked Auburn beats number two Oregon 22-19 to win the BCS National Championship. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with some garbage time. Still time to get your wines in today to win a bottle of Talon wine, whatever you're pulling out of the oven or taking off the grill. Talon is the perfect wine to pair with it. You can send that in on the team line, 970-242-1340. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 946. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Still time to text in today. We also uh, were kicking around a um, a post that uh, Palisade boys basketball coach Corey Hitchcock put on his Facebook page about uh, District 51 playing one game a year during school hours for those kids that maybe can't normally make it to a game if it's in the evening. Uh, if you got some thoughts on that, you can send it to us today on the team line, 970-242-1340. Broncos season-ending presser yesterday. Okay, they, we know okay, we know one thing. They're going to have new uniforms at some point. That was... Yeah. <laughs> and that, that the whole Russell Wilson benching was nothing about deferring the guaranteed money, the injury guarantee. It was all Sean Payton wanting to spark the team, which we've heard time and time again. Yeah. Which we still throw it's the BS flag on. A lie. All right. So let's open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right. I, we were talking about with Brian Roth banning our Broncos talk with him. Mm-hmm. Today is where I think I'm, I'm going to institute my Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel ban. Oh, thank God. <laughs> because just if, if you haven't heard, you've been under a rock someplace. These two guys don't like each other very much. Though I think they both kind of enjoy no. getting their names out there. They do. Mm-hmm. Where Jimmy Kimmel's taking shots at Aaron Rodgers on his stance on COVID vaccines and other things and conspiracy theories in general. Rodgers fired back with the Epstein list coming out that Kimmel's name was going to be on it and then Rogers kind of backtracked a little bit on that that's not exactly what I said well that's pretty much what you said didn't apologize to Kimmel Kimmel's been talking about his show Rogers went on McAfee again this week and went on about it I guess the case of the the whole Pat McAfee thing who's now throwing ESPN execs under the bus Mm -hmm. and things like that about some of this stuff that that show's supposed to be fun right McAfee's supposed to be fun. Yeah, none supposed of this be, is fun. And whether you like Jimmy Kimmel or don't like Jimmy Kimmel, some some of you sent text mm-hmm. and you don't like Kimmel, and okay, it's I don't I don't really care if you don't like him. That's your deal. It's, it's your right to not like him. Right. But this whole thing of it's supposed to be about it. Rogers has the right to say what he wants to say. It's a free, it's a free country. We cannot agree with him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and we don't on on pretty much everything. But he has the right to say what he wants to say. 
the problem I have though with with Rogers is that sometimes he says things as what's a factual thing, not an opinion thing. Right, and that's where I have a problem with things that he says. Outside of just, I don't agree with mm-hmm. a lot of things he says, and I don't think you think you feel the same I mean, way. Rogers thinks he's this brilliant guy who he'll say one thing because he's trying to mask the truth behind his statements, and then he'll come out and say, like, have you been vaccinated? Oh, I've been immunized. Immunized. And then people, he'll be like, I never said vaccinated. Or he'll come out and say, I never said Jimmy Kimmel was on the list. That's what he did yesterday. And I called it when he did this late last week that any sort of pushback will be Aaron Rodgers. Just, hey, they're looking to cancel me and silence me because I'm a non-conventional thinker. And that's what he's saying about about, about the media, that that's what they're trying to do. I I guess in just the, the whole thing about it, it's supposed to be, and it's not me saying, shut up and dribble. Right. No, he, he can talk about other things he wants to, but at some point, when he's on McAfee, when if you're Pat McAfee and you're the people that produce that show, when do you go, well, this this appeals to a certain segment of the audience, mm-hmm. not typically our audience, because we're going off on, on conspiracy theories and things like that. What does that have to do with him playing quarterback in the NFL? At some point it is, you're on there for a reason, mm-hmm. because you play in the NFL. And if you want to do a podcast and talk about all you, all your theories and opinions, go for it. Do that. But at some point, if I'm McAfee, I'm going, I, I guess the publicity in some ways, because what's your P.T. Barnum? There's no such thing as bad publicity or whatever. Mm-hmm. That they probably, they do relish this to a point. But after a while, it's just like, come on, this show's supposed to be fun. And when he comes on there, it's not fun anymore. Right. It's it- just, it's bashing somebody. It's mm-hmm. it's conspiracy theory stuff. And it. It gets, it just gets. And again, this is not us saying the shut up and dribble. This is Pat McAfee last Wednesday saying, hey, our show's just supposed to be fun. And we talk a bunch of crap. This isn't fun. But as far as the, you know, where's the, where's the end line? Where's the line of Aaron Rodgers? Right. Like McAfee's on ESPN and getting this boatloads upon boatloads of money because of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if people necessarily remember that McAfee was just this wacky internet YouTube radio show until they started having Aaron Rodgers on every Tuesday. And it was, oh, hey, this is the only guy that really gets to talk to Rodgers. And then it was COVID and Rodgers and this whole thing. And, and then he's looking at my toe and, and this whole, and then it blew up and everybody's like, wow, McAfee's kind of fun and he's new. And, you know, he represents new media and they really hitched their wagon to Aaron Rodgers. And that's why people were so upset because, oh, it turned out it's a paid gig. It's because... Like you're where you where you're at because of your interviews with Rogers, and now come to find out that this is a paid gig, is like okay, it feels a little deceptive. It does, and some very disingenuous. So I don't know if there's going to be a line that Aaron Rodgers can cross where Pat McAfee is like, because mm, McAfee's where he's at with the four letter because of his relationship. He's, he's with Aaron married Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, his, and they're the, done until next football season. He says. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Because if we'll see his numbers. But if numbers start to drop, you know, hey, Aaron, mm-hmm. what are you doing this right. week? And the the executive thing, I feel there's some of that that's independent. Because if that guy, Norby Williamson or whatever, is yeah, really Williamson. trying to sabotage McAfee's show there, 
Like, that's not a great look for him because, one, there's a lot of rumors around that Norby's doing this to pretty much everyone he doesn't like. They've invested a lot of time and money and airtime to Pat McAfee. You should try to maximize that. Well, this is where people need to be adults. Yes. And you have it. You have you sit down behind closed doors and you talk about this stuff and you mm-hmm. get, and you work out the problems. I did like McAfee's show doing a selfie Monday night with Norby's boss. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh yeah. Yeah, look look at this guy. Look, there's always like the Paul Giamatti guy in private parts. Mm-hmm. The, you, you, the, the office that's the absolute office toady jerk. You can't. Yeah, the Dwight Schrutes of the world. But you settle this stuff behind closed doors mm-hmm. because after a while it's like. I don't care that you don't like Norby Williamson. That's that's not my problem. I want your show to be enjoyable and fun, right. and that's what I want. I want to have a good time. I don't want to have to suffer through all this random crap. All your all your drama, all your workplace AJ drama. AJ Hawk that, just blinking at the screen. I'm still not Smoking sure why. Smoking a cigar. I'm still not sure why he's on there. And I like AJ Hawk too. It's I just, just he's my favorite person on the whole show because he's an Ohio State guy. But also, it's like yikes. Little goes yeah. a long way with that show anymore. Yeah, I, I just, the, the stuff with, I, my thought is at some point, it's got to wear thin on those that just don't don't care mm-hmm. about Aaron Rodgers and his opinions about things that don't have anything to do with football. Right. At some point. And I think I'm done with that. I think I'm done talking about it. Yeah. Uh, quick text this morning. My wine is that if I'm going to a basketball game and missing an afternoon drama class might keep us from our next great actor, such as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's from uh, Rob this morning. I don't know why the Rock's out here catching strays, but apparently Rob not a fan of the of the uh, the work of uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, uh, San Andreas, or any of the Rob doesn't like action movies, any of the Fast and Furious films. Okay, 